0: Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark.
2: Did uh, you happen to notice
3: uh, what time we came back on the air? Oh four, yeah, and and I said oh three, and Gil didn't even he didn't even correct me, so I think that extra minutes is his, right? Wouldn't you think that would be? the He said thing? oh four. Did he say oh four? Yeah, yeah I but said I was oh, four. See, you, told you. I said five minutes, <laughs> <laughs> and you guys didn't correct me. It was six minutes. Uh, we co- we both corrected you. That's uh, why you said X would come back at oh four. Okay, all right. I don't buy that. I'm going to listen to the tape to make sure. But that's fine. That's fine too. I'll be done by do then. That. All
4: right.
3: <laughs> I'll be gone by then. <laughs> this portion of Motherhood is brought to you by Air Park Auto Service. Nadine and Stacy opened Air Park Auto Service in nineteen eighty five, about the same time that Renee and I started our business uh, in in we got out of the gas station and we went into a just a garage. Well Stacy passed away a couple of years ago and Nadine still runs Air Park Auto. They're up at on Rain Tree, just east of State of Hayden, just south of Bell, and they're still family-owned and they're still family-operated. But the lady Nadine, who owns and operates Air Park Auto, is someone that's very smart and very technical and very astute. And I'm here to tell you that there's not very many technicians that're going to want to try to BS her about a mistake they made. Nadine is very classy and a very nice lady. But those of you that would like to do business with a lady-owned business, then Air Park Auto in North Scottsdale is the place for you. They have the latest diagnostic tools. They do service most makes both, most makes and models of vehicles and small trucks. So, again, Air Park Auto Service on Rain Tree just east of Hayden in Scottsdale. All right, do you have anything that you want to bring to the table? Uh, okay, I do. <laughs> all right i get a I get a, an email from a lady who takes her car in and has a timing belt done, and evidently she knows that they had to re- take take one of the power steering lines off to affect the the repair. so when they gave her the car back, it had a power steering whine, and they said that would go away soon, okay It didn't go away in two or three days, so she went back to them and they said it may take five or six hundred miles. Tell me what you think. Mm, I don't. I don't buy that. I don't buy that at all. Mm-mm. The the fact that your power steering is whining indicates that the fluid is aerated. So we've turned a solid fluid to a foam. Mm-hmm. So we have air introduced. What that tells me is is that the line they reconnected is sucking air. So it's probably on the suction side of the pump, the low pressure side of the pump, and so we got fluid going in. And then the pump makes it high pressure and it sends it to the Bracken pinion or the power steering box. So in her case, when you park your car overnight, just like a root beer, the carbonation floats to the top and the bubbles pop. And so you get a solid drink below the, the root beer foam, so to speak. Well, your power steering pump is the same way. If you sit overnight, the air will, just the air rises in fluid, rises in water. Uh-huh. And as those bubbles get to the surface, they pop. Right. So I I politely said to her, you need to go back. You need to tell them that you're not willing to stick you know, around for another 50 miles or 500 miles or 600 miles. This is a problem you didn't have before and they need to fix the problem that you didn't have before. It's directly related to their repair so they need to fix it. Now best case scenario is is they, they cut the O-ring on the high pressure line right. uh, on the suction side or they didn't get the clamp tight or they over tightened the clamp but one way or another they caused the problem and this is a problem that you will have in your car repair days. Most everybody at one time or another will leave a shop with a the problem they gave them. Mm-hmm. I tell shops and I tell people. The shop has an obligation to diagnose the problem, and once they diagnose it, then everyone will know whether it's their fault or not, right? Now, in this particular case, if it had a remote reservoir and they disconnected the high-pressure line and the reservoir has a leak on it and the reservoir is clear across the hood from where they were working, that's a different story. Maybe the car has 160,000 miles on it. Maybe there's evidence of this reservoir having a crack in it and running fluid down it. All that kind of stuff plays into it. But it's not likely in this case. So just go back, be polite, and just say to them, you gave me this problem, I think it's yours to diagnose and fix, so when can I bring it back? you can't continue to drive it with a whining power steering pump because that means we're not lubricating the pump appropriately and all it's going to do is cause damage to the pump. Right. Fair enough. Right. All righty, 602-508-0960. If you'd like to join us and you have a car question or if you have a car comment or if you want to take issue with something that we said on the uh, on the uh, show, then certainly it's, it's quite okay. <laughs> we also want to remind you that there's podcasts on both my website, marksalem.com, and KKNTs. I don't know on the podcast, Gil, do you know on the podcast, do they cut commercials and just do programming, or is it the whole show in its entirety?
5: It's the whole show.
3: Okay. On mine, I cut the commercials out. So it takes, it's actually about a minute, well, it's about an hour 30, as opposed to two hours on the show, because the commercials take up about 30 minutes. But you can go either place. And, and get podcasts of the show if you happen to miss it or if we said something that you uh, hear, wanted to hear at the end of the story, you can certainly do it. We have a new scanner. Have we you up. seen that? I have. Okay. A scanner, folks, is a, a very sophisticated device that plugs into your car and allows interaction between us and your computer. It's quite different than a code reader. A code reader is a little handheld thing that's the size of a smaller than a pack of cigarettes. And you plug it into the car and the code reader will tell you what code you have. Now the code doesn't tell anybody what the problem is. It just tells you the state where the problem lies. It says this problem is in Oklahoma. Now the technician has to find the city, the street, and the street number, and the zip code before he can fix your car. Example: If you have an O2 sensor code, which is a very popular code, I might add, right. the 25% of the O2 sensor codes necessitate a O2 sensor replacement. Here's the bad news: There's a whole lot of your cars out there with four O2 sensors, and each O2 sensor can be anywhere from 60 to 160 dollars a piece. So you don't want somebody guessing; you want somebody fixing. So it's important to make sure that there's that designation between it. But th- what are some other examples of an O2 sensor code? I can name EGR vacuum leak. I can name a fuel filter that's plugged up. Um, I can name intake, leak, leak. Intake, uh, intake manifold with a suction leak with a, a vacuum leak on it. Um, plugged exhaust systems, a catalytic converter that's not firing up because you'll have an O2 sensor reading at the front and we expect a different reading behind it, but in fact they're both the same. Right. It's not that one of them is bad, it's the cat is bad in between the two O2 sensors. So it's really important that that the technician has a good scanner and I, I don't know how many scanners we have, but I think we have five, six, or seven. Yeah, we've got a lot. Now, some of them are very specific to a a particular car, Uh so like Ford or Dodge or Nissan or, you know, Chrysler, Chrysler, Chevrolet, Fiat, stuff like that. But we just were recently asked to try a brand new scanner. Now I understand the other day that we had a Mercedes in and it had a tire inflation light on and they used the new scanner to determine that the computer had lost sight of where each sensor was at. Correct. So the computer thought the blue sensor was on the left front and it really wasn't on the left front. So with this new scanner, we were able to do something that we've never done before where we were able to interact with the Mercedes-Benz and say, hey, we're going to tell you where each sensor's at, we're going to reprogram your memory, we're going to empty your head and get out all that bad stuff and we're going to tell you how to start and where to go then we're also going to see if you can actually see that we put 36 pounds in all these tires after we go drive it. And I guess they were successful. Correct. Now, most folks would think Mercedes-Benz and that kind of work, I would imagine most folks would think that that labor charge was going to be somewhere between 100 and $150. But in fact, the scanner said f- four-tenths of an hour, which basically was $55 fi- to $60. And so it was unusual how important the right equipment was when this thing didn't, all of our other scanners didn't have this capability. But in fact this new scanner has the same capabilities for Chevy, Dodge, Ford, Chrysler, Fiat, Saab that we had before. Right. So this has given us a whole new world so to speak on this new scanner. Do you have any idea what that new scanner costs? I have no idea. Do you have any idea what the scanners cost that we have today? <laughs> no, I a lot. Okay. Well, there's some scanners out there that are twenty and $25,000. Now, in, in the days of old, we used to have a scope. You remember that? Oh, yeah. Everybody would say, put it on the machine. The machine yeah. was supposed to tell you what was the matter with it. The very first scope your mother and I bought, we paid more than what we paid for our house. Our house was thirty-three thousand dollars in 1974, and in 1979 we bought our first engine analyzer, and we paid forty-four thousand dollars for it. But there was two kinds of scanner or uh, of big box uh, analyzers back then. Um, there was an Allen and a Bear. That was the brand names, and both of them were in competition with one another. But you know what that box really did? It told you to do this and give me the number, do that and do this and tell me what happens. So that was the first artificial intelligence in 19, in the early se- or late 70s and early 80s where we had actually a box with artificial intelligence that was going to guess on what the repair is. Right? right. Do you know that that kind of logic doesn't appear today? Because they were unable to make it work. <laughs> it was never right because it never had the ability to see low fuel pressure. Which is a problem. It never had the ability to see an EGR leak. It never had a lot of the ability that we need in order to make that. So even though we have smart cars today, they're not nearly the the engine analyzers and the scanners are not nearly as. They don't have the artificial intelligence that we had in the late seventies and in the early eighties. So it's 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 a pretty amazing thing, and that's why. Cars that, uh, that self-drive, when we, give, when we come back, we'll talk about that. But the lady who runs the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration said the other day, I understand, I was told this, that in 30 years there'll be no more car crashes and no more car fatalities. And so we'll talk about that because I don't agree with that at all. 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960, if you'd like to join us, that's the number to call. We're live, we're here, the lines are wide open, Gill's kind of snoring in the background, but we've got five lines, so if you call in now, and probably, correct me if I'm wrong, in about three minutes, we'll take your call. <laughs> so when we come back, we'll take your call, 602-508-0960.
1: Mark Levin has a rule he follows to make sure he's always right. I have a rule of thumb with Obama. He supports it, I'm against it. If he's against it, I'm for it. And you'll be right 99.9% of the time. What do you mean? Isn't there anything you like that he does? No, not a damn thing. The former communist countries have a better idea on how to run an economy than this guy. Mark Levin, weekdays at 3, right before the Seth Leibson Show at 6, on Intelligent Talk 960, The Patriot.
5: You have a friend at Thunderbird Automotive, and his name is Tom Fletcher. In 2003, Thunderbird Auto was a finalist in the Better Business Bureau Ethics Award. In 2004, they won that award. Check them out at the BBB Online. They're proud of their A-plus rating. They have ASE-certified technicians. They can fix anything with a steering wheel. Visit them at 88th Avenue and Thunderbird in Peoria and at Mountain View and Reams Road in Surprise, just south of Grand Avenue. Thunderbirdautomotive.com. You wouldn't dive into a pool without knowing how deep it is.
1: So, why would you dig without knowing what's below? Underground utilities are buried all over Arizona. Accidentally strike one and you could be injured or wipe out services like water, power, and internet. Call 811 or click Arizona811.com to have utilities marked first. It's free, easy, and it's the law. Remember, call 811 or click Arizona811.com. Sponsored by Arizona 811 in partnership with the Arizona Broadcasters Association and this station.
2: This is attorney William J. Wolfe, host of Middle East Radio Forum, heard every Sunday at noon here on 960 The Patriot. This Sunday, historian Dr. Steve Carroll returns with his essential Dateline Middle East news analysis and commentary. Learn about the essential news from the Middle East. Dr. Carroll's presentation is not to be missed. Please spread the word about this very important show. That's Middle East Radio Forum, Sunday at noon on 960 The Patriot.
6: Well, the fact is, the jobs of the future will be heavily geared towards science, technology, engineering, and math. In other words, the future is STEM. More opportunities, better pay. And the road to these great jobs starts as early as middle school. So if you're a student, talk to your school counselor about STEM. If you're a parent, talk to your kids. Because the job you'll get in the future may very well depend on what you do today. A public service message from America's Navy.
1: Patriot app tip number three. Listening to Seth Liebsen from six to eight and want to chime in? Open your Patriot app, click the upper left-hand corner, and click on Call Studio. It's that easy. Download the Patriot app at your app store today. Patriot app tip number four. Want your voice heard? Email or leave a voice message straight from your Patriot app. Just open it up, click the upper left-hand corner, and select email or talk back. Download the Patriot app at your app store today.
3: Welcome back, everybody. Twenty-one minutes after the hour of eleven o'clock, the lines are open. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. And if you give us a call, we'll get you on pretty quick. This portion of Under the Hood is brought to you by Kurt's Auto Repair. Kurt is a good guy. One of his diagnosticians is his son-in-law, Eric, and I want to tell you that Eric really knows how to diagnose tough problems. Kurt's up at I-17 in Bell on the northeast corner. He's been around for a very long time, since 1987. He works on domestic and imports, both gas and diesel. His technicians are ASC certified, which means your vehicle is going to be diagnosed and repaired by well-trained and certified professionals. So remember, Kurtz Auto Repair is at I-17 in Bell, northeast corner. If you live in that area and you're looking for a good shop, take my word for it, Kurtz is a good place. Curtis, good morning to you. How can we help you?
7: I have a question about my 2006 GMC Savannah 2500 van. Okay. Um, I've noticed recently that when I'm at freeway speeds, uh, it starts to have a knocking noise. And I'm about as mechanically inclined as a 2x4, so I'm just curious what your thoughts are about that.
3: Okay. Is it like someone's hitting something with a hammer, or is it a high-pitched ding, 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 or click, click, click?
7: Uh, kind of in between a knock and a click.
3: Okay. All right. D- does it Does it happen when you throttle up? when you're kind of feathering the throttle, or when you're decelerating?
8: Uh,
7: It starts um, at a higher speed, maybe like 55 to 60, and then when I get back down uh, to uh, like side street speeds uh, under 40, it, uh, it pretty
6: quickly goes away within maybe a minute or so.
3: Okay. And can you feel anything, or do you just hear the noise?
6: Just hear the noise.
3: Okay, any ideas? Because the hard part is, is you know, it's hard to do noises on the radio. What part of town do you live in? Central Phoenix. Okay. Um, is 25th, uh, let me see here, let me look at the list up real quick. Is 25th Street an Indian school close to you? Yeah. Okay. 25th Street Auto is owned by a guy named Bill, and he's an old race car guy. And this is exactly the kind of thing that he loves to do. So 25th Street and Indian School, and it's 25th Street Auto, this is what you do. You go in there, not on Monday morning or Friday night, but you say to him, I was talking to Mark Salem, and I was asking him for a shop in the neighborhood, and I told him I had a noise, and he said, oh, well, Bill's half deaf. Because of his drag racing days, he's not going to be able to help you. So I thought I'd stop by anyway. And that's called waving the red flag in front of the bull. (laughs) And and you say, is it convenient for us to go for a ride and I can demonstrate the problem? Because I know that he can hear the problem and I know he'll be able to tell you what it is. But it's not an exhaust leak because that happens only cold in the morning. Right. It's not a tire because he doesn't feel anything. It's not a ping because it not would happen a, on, all the time on acceleration. On acceleration, you're right. It's not a drive shaft because it comes and goes at a higher speed. Um, it's not likely that it's a bad wheel bearing because that would get louder with speed and would never go away. So you can, you can understand, Curtis, that, you know, it's not your fault, but it's just any kind of noise, you're going to have to do that. But I, I promise you... He's gonna ride with you for free and he's gonna tell you what it is. And then you can you can say to him, well, you know, you wanna give me an estimate for the repair? Or you can say thank you very much and shake his hand and walk away. So whatever you wanna do, but I know Bill's capable of of of, of helping you with that. All right. Sounds
6: great. Thank you.
3: Thank you, Curtis. Six oh two uh six oh two five oh eight zero nine sixty. Glenna, you're up next. How can we help you?
7: Hi, Mark. Um I have a, a bit of a problem. I have a, um, a 2012 Ford Escape. I bought it new. Um, uh, I, I bought it in 2011, uh, just when the new models came out. Okay. And um, um, I bought the extended warranty on it. Well, okay. my warranty expired in August um, of this year. A week later, my transmission just Fell out. I don't. I don't know how else to describe it. It just uh, to make a long story short. They've replaced the transmission entirely, the water pump, and the serpentine belt.
2: All okay. of it went
7: at the same time. And um, since that time, I'm still having a lot of problems with when I turn it on first thing in the morning. Um, I get a hard jerk in, in the transmission, which is what happened when it went out completely
4: okay. and
7: um, then whenever I'm on the road and I'm like uh, I was on the 101 one day and and I could feel the transmission you know when you're slowing down when I, I was in traffic when you're slowing down I feel it I don't know how okay. to describe it kind well, of a kick, kick
3: down shifting okay
7: yeah and of course it's automatic so I'm not doing the shifting but I remember from back in the day you know when you shift from third to second or whatever it was um, you know when you're slowing down so then when I'm on on the side street I have the same thing whenever I'm slowing down I get this little kick in it
3: okay let me ask you questions let me ask you some questions the transmission was replaced before the warranty expired. Yes. No. It was after. It,
7: the only reason they paid for it was because I had the extended warranty.
3: Well, that, that's what I said. Let me let me change it. the ex, The transmission was replaced before the extended warranty expired.
7: Yeah, I still got until 2018 for that.
3: Okay. The, and the shop that did the work, they did it on behalf of the extended warranty. Yes. This is their And they
7: told me they, they did a rebuilt transmission rather than a brand new one.
3: Okay. Well, um, there's not, that's not the issue, um, a okay. rebuilt one and a, and a new one. But the issue is is that it's their job to find this problem, and it's their job to fix it because they, they gave you this problem. Have you been back to the shop that installed the rebuilt transmission and, and showed them what you're talking about?
7: i called them on the phone two or three times, and they said, well, and because it's so intermittent, see, they said, unless it's doing that when you bring the car in, we won't be able to identify it.
3: Okay. Can so you make I, it I start, happen? I, huh? Can you make it happen?
7: I don't know how to do that because it's so intermittent. Okay. I I um I don't know that much about cars, but I mean, this is the dealer we're dealing with, not a shop.
3: Okay. Well, it doesn't really make any difference. I agree with them that if it's intermittent, but, but Glenna, you should be able to determine that at least get close, for instance, hot or cold, fast or slow, um, uh, going uphill, going downhill. Uh, there, there has to be some kind of a, of a, of a clue. There has to be, as you drive it, you have to kind of keep track of the environment, and you may say... Well,
7: that's what I've done. i started making little notes, you kay. know, on, on a particular day or a particular time. And then I write down, like I'm doing, I'm going from uh, 45 to a 30, uh, you know, slowing down. And this is when it happens.
3: Okay. And you need to practice that. You need to practice dropping you know down from forty five to thirty. Do that on a regular basis. Do it when you don 't interrupt traffic. Do it in your neighborhood yeah. and and you need to be able to demonstrate this but it doesn 't the warranty doesn 't stop and the and the dealer or whoever the repair shop is that put the transmission in their responsibility doesn 't end. Their responsibility is to fix the problem. The hard part is, is that you need to be able to say, if you do A, B, and C on a good warm engine, then this is what will happen. So, okay. Um, and, and, and then, here's your ace in the hole, Glenn. You, you take it in and, and show them the best you can uh, and, and insist that a technician go with you. Their transmission technician go with you. I have learned how to make this happen. I can do it 95 times out of 100.
7: Okay, they should ride with me
3: then. And absolutely, you insist. Now if they don't, no matter what the shop is, you say to them, I'll take it someplace else and then I'll bring you the bill. If you don't want to fix it, if you don't want to go for a ride with me, if you don't want to take the necessary time to fix a problem that you gave me, I'll have somebody else fix it and I'll bring you the bill. And that usually shakes up the management team enough to where they'll say, okay, well, we need to pay attention to this issue. So that's okay. the best advice I can give you. But I agree with them. You have to give them something better than it feels different. You have yeah. to give them something better. Now, let me ask you a question. This this escape, you can actually pull that shifter. It's on the center console, yes?
4: Yes.
3: Um, are we way past our break? Yeah, you're a minute 20. I thought you knew that. I, I'm 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 really sorry. I'm going to put you on hold, Glennon, because I'm already in big trouble. But when we come back, I'm going to ask you, and I'm going to demonstrate how how I think you should you you should you might find this happening. So we'll be back right after this.
1: Our servicemen and women put their lives on the line every day. This service allows us the freedoms we have today. But we can't let our thank yous and support stop once they've come home. 960 The Patriot bring to you Golf for a Vet, a 36-team shotgun golf event, November 16th at the Biltmore Golf Club to benefit Wings for Warriors, a volunteer-driven 501c3 nonprofit organization in support of combat-wounded military service members returning home from Iraq and Afghanistan. Enjoy 18 holes of golf, lunch, goodie bags, raffles, hole prizes, and championship jackets to the winning team, and it's all in support of Wings for Warriors. Teams are filling fast, so sign up individually or a whole team at 960thepatriot.com. Today, that's 960thepatriot.com. Find more information on Wings for Warriors at wingsforwarriors.org. Patriot app tip number one. Not only is the Patriot app great for streaming our live programs, you can access all Patriot podcasts. Click on the upper left-hand corner and select podcasts to find all our great weekday and weekend programs. Download the Patriot app at your app store today. Looking for a radio station that cares about real news and not afraid to go beyond the headlines? There's only one station for you. 960 The Patriot and 960thepatriot.com.
3: All about that theme the and the Welcome back, everybody. I'm Mark Salem, and it's 34 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock, and I'm going to turn off grasshoppers. Go ahead and put your headphones on. And we're talking with Glenda. We've got down on the phone, but we've got three lines open, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. And I want to talk about Action Auto Repair real quick. Action Auto Repair is on the northwest corner of Deer Valley in the I-17. Tom's been in business a very long time, since 1983. That's the common denominators of the shop I'm telling you, the shops I talk to you about, is they've been in business for a very, very, very long time. The reason why that's important is, is that so many people get into business and go out of business because they're not good enough to fix your car. So these guys that have been around since the 70s and the 80s and the 90s, they've been around for good reasons. But Tom at Action Auto, he has excellent customer service, he has a fast turnaround time, he has ASC Master Certified Technicians and they want to help you as vehicle owners understand what they're doing and why and they want to answer your questions honestly and they will. So again, 1983, northwest corner of Deer Valley and the I-17 is a place called Action Auto Repair. It's well worth the stop. Glenna, Glenna, yes. on your escape, you have a shifter on the center of the console, yes? Yes. Okay, and when you pull that shifter back from drive, there's a little switch on the right side by your thumb that it has an up arrow and a down arrow, yes? Oh, yeah, there is okay what i want you to do that allows you to shift this manually so i want you to pull it all the way down and it will at, at a stop it'll be in first gear and so you're going to go in and then when you want to shift to second gear you're going to push the top button in then you're going to push third and then when you want to downshift and you're in third gear and you you're going to slow down then you push the down arrow and it goes to to second gear So, you're going to take control of the transmission. I'll bet you dollars to donuts that with that control you can make this happen on a regular basis. So, I want you to hold out the gears a little long. So, you're going to go or a little short. So you hold them out longer or hold them out shorter, and I'll bet you can make it happen. And once you do that, then there's really no excuse for them not being able to fix the problem because you'll be able to demonstrate it. All righty. Oh.
7: So I, all the way in where it says L? Yeah. All the way down. it start it that way? Yep. And I never move it?
3: No, you never move it. You're just going to push that switch on the okay. side of the shifter up to go up a shift, up a gear, or go down a gear. I see. All righty. Good luck to you, Glenn. Thank you okay. very much. And, Dan, you're up next. How can I help you?
2: Hey, love your show. Thank you. Oh, yeah. I have two Ford Explorers. One's an '05. one's an 08, both okay. six cylinders. Okay. And what I noticed is uh i've I've had the intakes replaced on both of them a, you know a couple times i, I drive thirty thousand miles a year, and I work in the valley, but when I go up north every weekend to Munns park and the strangest thing happens when i when I get in that altitude and I get to my cabin every once in a while I notice just a little bit of any freeze that comes out of that intake i mean just and it's only when I get up north and I get in that seven thousand uh, altitude, and I I I can't figure what it is.
3: And why 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 can't it be when you're climbing the grade from Sunset Point?
2: Well, I only notice it when I when I get in my driveway when I get to Munns Park. I I mean it, it could be that grade, but okay. it's such a little bit that spews out.
3: All right. Well, you got two things. Number one, you look at the cap, and it'll say 14 pounds, 12 pounds, 30, 13 pounds, something like that, Okay. Okay. So that means that that pressure is, that cap's going to relieve after 13 pounds of pressure. So if I were working on your car, I would take the cap Uh off, I'd put a pressure tester on there, and I would take you to 14 pounds. So I would actually take you a pound over what that system is normally going to see. And I can promise you that if you got a leak, I'm going to find it.
2: Well, no. and I've, I've actually done that. I mean, I've actually pressured it, and this is, and and I I don't get any of that little bit of seepage. You know, like well, like I said, it's just a little bit that pops out.
3: All right. Well, then why don't you use the sealer?
2: And because I've had them, I, like I said, I've had both intakes replaced, you know, a couple times on each of them. I mean, I drive well, my vehicle to 200,000 miles, but.
3: All right. Well, yeah. you can't... Every time I duck left, you're blocking me, and I duck right, and you're blocking me. Okay. So I I mean, I know that a shop can overpressurize that system and get that green leak to leak without okay. driving it to Munns Park. I mean, that's, okay. that's a fact. The second okay. part of that is is that clearly, that it's more than likely than not, that the intake itself has mm-hmm. been eaten up by the coolant, and typically there comes a time where you have to replace the intake, so... You, no one will know whose fault this is till you pull the intake off of it and look at the two mating surfaces as well as the gasket in between. Okay. Once you look at the two mating surfaces, you, you have an aluminum intake sitting on cast iron heads. The cast iron heads are not going to wear, but that aluminum is going to look like the surface of the moon. And so a gasket has a tough time handling indentations that are 20 thick. So they're okay. used to 1 or 2 or 3 or 5 thousandths, but not 20. So if, if you'll send me an email, uh, I promise you that I will give you a picture of a sealer that will work. Okay. All right? Guaranteed it will work. I okay. want you to promise me that you're going to follow the directions exactly and, and make sure that you follow the direction exactly. But I've been using this sealer for years. I've got a Lexus that had head gaskets blown That's going on its fourth year and driven regularly, and and it's an amazing transition. I just don't remember the name of the coolant, but I have a picture uh, on my computer, so send me uh, an email to mark at marksalem.com. Mark at marksalem.com, and I'll give you the name of the coolant. You can buy it at Walmart, okay? Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. We'll be back right after this. You have a friend at
5: Thunderbird Automotive. And his name is Tom Fletcher. In 2003, Thunderbird Auto was a finalist in the Better Business Bureau Ethics Award. In 2004, they won that award. Check them out at the BBB Online. They're proud of their a rating. They have ASC-certified technicians. They can fix anything with a steering wheel. Thunderbird Auto offers a precursory inspection, the same as some charge $49 for. They offer a two-year, 24,000-mile warranty on parts and labor anywhere in the country. If you live in the Northwest area, you have two Thunderbird Autos to choose from. One at 88th Avenue in Thunderbird in Peoria, just west of the 101. And one at Mountain View and Reams Road in Surprise. That's just south of Grand Avenue. For more information, see ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. That's ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. Visit them at 88th Avenue in Thunderbird in Peoria. And at Mountain View and Reams Road in Surprise, just south of Grand Avenue. ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. Are you ready to make thousands
9: of dollars a month right now in the Phoenix area? Well, get ready. Doug Hopkins, the star of Discovery Channel's hit TV show, Property Wars, needs help. Over the last few years, Doug and his team have perfected a buying direct from seller system that allows his network to flip over 70 homes a month and wants to do more. His team is coming to the Phoenix area looking for motivated people to join his network of house flippers who want to use his resources, his systems, and his cash partners to flip houses buy rental units, or wholesale properties. If you've got the desire, Doug has the need. Attend his free workshop and he'll even buy you dinner. If you think you're ready to join Doug's team, call 1-800-593-4226 to register for a free workshop and Doug will buy you a free meal. Call 800-593-4226 now and you'll also get free wireless earbuds and a USB drive loaded with Doug's go-to resources just for attending his free workshop. Call 800-593-4226 That's 800-593-4226 to register today.
8: Hi, I'm LeVar Burton, and I'm proud to be a book person. Every child deserves to have access to books because children who grow up with books invariably do better in life than children who do not. Because the ends, the endings of books, if it's really, really well done, that ending, that last thought, should rock you. I am a book person. And if you're a book person too, read to a child and spark a lifetime of ambition. Join me at bookpeopleunite.org because reading is fundamental. A public service announcement brought to you by Reading is Fundamental, Library of Congress and the Ad Council.
3: Welcome back, everybody. 602-508-0960. We've got uh, 15 or 20 minutes. If you'd like to join us, you can. The lines are wide open. 602-508-0960. This portion of Under the Hood is brought to you by Automatic Transmission Exchange. Been serving Phoenix area since 1968. Phil and his staff are transmission diagnostic experts. They do transmission repairs. They do replacements. They can fix... Oftentimes with a transmission problem, you have a sensor outside the transmission that's lying to the computer so if the sensor says that you're stopped and the speed is zero then the computer wants to put the transmission in first gear on the other hand if your sensor says you're doing 65 miles an hour the computer knows that it needs to put it in high gear and lock the converter but if the speed sensor is lying to the computer then all kinds of crazy stuff will happen That's when you're going to need a guy like Phil at Automatic Transmission Exchange. If you live in Central Phoenix or really anywhere else, they're located at 40th Street in Washington. They're open Saturdays from 8 to 12 for your convenience. And when you drive by there and you see their shop, those of you that use Jefferson, Washington, east and westbound, you'll know right off the bat it's been there a very, very long time because you've seen it. So... That's Automatic Transmission Exchange. We call it ATE. Marcus, good morning to you. How can I help you?
4: Uh, good morning, sir. I love your show. You're very knowledgeable.
3: Thank you. Thank
4: you. Uh, the guy that just called in that was complaining about the little minor coolant leak when he was running up to Munns Park on the Explorer. Yes, sir. That couldn't be the little uh, coolant hose that they use for the plenum warmer, uh, could it be?
3: Absolutely. It, yeah, it could be anywhere. And here's the problem. You bring up a really good point. Thank you for that. The coolant leak could be six inches in front of that because he's on the highway, and there's lots of air turbulence underneath that hood. So right. So it could easily be that.
4: Here's the thing. Um, I've got a 2000 Ranger, I mean a 2000 Explorer and a 99 Ranger. Now, the, the 99 Ranger has the 2.5 Duratec, and... Um, on the air plenum, it's got a little return hose that goes from the plenum down to the block and then from the top of the block up. And I had to remove the plenum because I installed four new injectors, and I was doing a that's the dual plug motor, so I was doing both sides of the plugs. Mm-hmm. When I removed that hose, since it had been on there for 160,000 miles, when I went to put it back on, I had... Just a little tea, tiny drip, and I had. Uh, was Luckily, I was able to uh, get under there, pull the hose down, cut off uh, oh, about a half an inch, reinstall it with a mining hose clamp versus yep. just a little pressure clamp, and that took care of it. So uh, I don't know what, if he's got the four liter SOHC, if they have a plenum warmer or not, but uh, that might be something to look at.
3: Well, the plenum warmer is going to be a hose that goes to the throttle body area, yes?
4: Yeah, exactly. Okay. Right underneath right underneath the throttle body, it's, it's a small little like 560th hose, just supplies just enough coolant to keep that plenum uh, warmed up.
3: Yep. Now, if that was the case and he saw a black hose and he, got, he gets to Munns Park, the way he could determine a vacuum hose from a coolant hose is just by touching it with the engine off because the coolant hose is going to be really hot and any other vacuum line is not going to have a temperature. Right, and
4: this this is about five sixteenths. Almost looks like a fuel line.
3: Yeah, yeah, you're right. Well, thank you for bringing that up, Marcus. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. You're welcome. have
4: a great, great weekend.
3: Thank you very much. And he's right. It could have been that plenum hose. Sure. Could easily be that plenum hose. And I didn't really think about it much, but it's oftentimes when people have those kinds of problems on freeway driving that it's really in front of where you think it's at. Mm -hmm. So he's got a puddle of coolant on one of the runners where the intake meets the head, but in fact, it could be from something that's five, six inches in front of that. But a pressure test is really all that you need. Right. So have you ever not been able to find a coolant leak? Uh, No, I've not been able to see a coolant leak. But uh, I mean, obviously, that's internal. But right. And that's the issue, is even if you're pressure, pressure testing it. Now, if you pressure test it to 16 pounds, if y- if it stays at 16 pounds for 30 minutes, that tells you the coolant leak isn't present right now. Correct. If it drops from 16 pounds to 10, then there's either going to be coolant on the motor, coolant on the ground, or there's going to be coolant in the heater core area, or there's going to be coolant inside the transmission because we're blowing coolant past the pasta cooler to the transmission. But we all know that. Now, the head gas could Prism- be bad. fluid, yeah. Right. So we all know that. But if it's got a, if if we're forcing coolant and we drop from sixteen pounds of pressure to ten and we're forcing coolant into the cylinder, how would you know that you wouldn't uh-huh. see any leak right and on startup you would no- notice that because the engine would miss because that coolant is now in the cylinder, so Correct. we're not going to be able to ignite this gas the spark plug's wet, and nothing's happening right so Two, three, four minutes later, we clear that water out of there and all of a sudden that cylinder starts firing. So the classic example of coolant inside the cylinder is when you start the car. You have it runs rough for I don't know, forty, fifty, sixty seconds. Right. And Correct. And everything is okay. All right, that helps us out <laughs> a lot, but that gives us six oh two five oh eight zero nine sixty. Six oh two five oh eight zero nine sixty. I want to tell you a funny story. The other day I was walking through the shop and I said to one of the techs, what's that tire? Because there's tires just blown up. I mean, this tire is blown up. I say to Scott, what happened? And he goes, oh, he says, obviously they had a flat, he says, but what's funny about this is, is that evidently the check engine light came on just before the tire blew. So the customer's convinced that the check engine light was capable of knowing the tire blew. Right. But that's not what happened. No. The check engine line doesn't know if the tire's going to blow up. But we were wrong as wrong can be. Right. Right. Correct. What was the deal? It
1: was a well. It was a gas cap that had been coming on for that that, that had been setting a check engine light
3: for a number of days, and it just happened to come on that time. Yeah, come on that time right before a, a tire blew out. Okay, because. Cause, Scott and I were laughing like, now, it's no secret that that moms and dads tow in cars with one of the front tires blown completely off of it or something like that. And the story the child has told mom and dad was, here I am, minding my own business, driving down the highway, and the tire and the whole suspension collapses. Right. We get underneath there, and we find... You know half of a concrete parking block and we find all kinds of stuff that clearly tells us that this thing hit something right so it's not our job to educate moms and dads It's our job to bid the repair and whatever the kid says it's we're not the detectives but we were wrong about this because once we got into it we found out that the gas cap had been left left loose inside the gas store it had never been put back on which would turn on the light right so in fact we were laughing someone's effort to tie the check engine light to a flat, but in reality we were wrong. Right. So I'm glad we didn't write that down. <laughs> I'm yeah. Glad that we went and looked at the particular check engine light, which was an evaporative code. Correct. And once they went to the evaporative code, you're going to open up the gas store, you're going to place a pump, you're going to take the gas cap off, and you're going to test the gas cap, and then you're going to put a pump on the filler neck and do some pressure testing. Right. But in this case when we open up the gas door, the gas cap's loose. So obviously that's the issue. Folks, your evaporative system works in this fashion. Your evaporative system says that we're going to take the fumes off the top of the liquid gas inside your tank. So we're going to take those fumes and the gas cap is supposed to be airtight. And we're going to suck the fumes out of the top of the gas tank and send them forward through a charcoal canister and then into the engine to give you a supplemental supply of fuel so we're not going to vent the gas fumes into the atmosphere any longer we're going to suck the fumes off the gas tank move them forward and burn them again what's the number one problem that causes that to not happen do you uh, know a uh, gas cap okay well the good the gas cap creates a problem cuz the, f- the it sucks air correct and the fumes are gone right but what about the people that stuff their tanks Right. Big problem. Yeah, Because if you get there and you click, 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 click and you stuff your gas tank, then what happens is, is the liquid gets sucked forward and now the canister is all wet with gasoline when really it should just be vapor. So those of you wives who have husbands that click, 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 click because they're $14.43 and they want it to be $15 even. Right. So they stuff the tank till they get to an even number, and then they hang up the nozzle. Yep. That's a bad deal, and that's going to ultimately come and back come back and bite you. And the repair, if the charcoal canister is bad, the repair can be three, four, and five hundred dollars, depending on the make, model, and year of your car. So you can cause lots of problems. You should just click once or maybe twice, and that's it. What? What difference does it make if it's fourteen dollars and ten cents or fifteen <laughs> bucks you know what I'm saying Yep. Vic good morning to you how can we help you yeah hey
2: now how you doing good um love your love your show uh quick two quick questions one of them is I'm checking my battery it needs a little water do I really need to go down to the grocery store pick up a gallon a gallon of distilled water or just use that hose water
3: I'm gonna change your question. Mark, do you have any batteries that need water? Yeah, just about every piece of farm equipment I own needs water. Mark, do you use that fancy-dancy distilled water or deionized water in your batteries? No, I sure don't. Why not, Mark? Well, they did a study at ASU a while back, and they found out that it would take 20 years for enough calcium to build up in your battery to cause the battery some stress and we don't have batteries in the last 20 years. (laughs) And so the answer is is Mark Salem and none of his technicians and his shop does not use anything other than tap water to fill you. Now, you don't want to use RO water because RO water is very clean, but RO water is very caustic to metal. So Ah. that's the reason why RO is all plastic stuff. All the tanks underneath the sink and all the lines are plastic because RO water is really caustic to metal. We own a car wash, a self-serve car wash, and we have an RO system that you can spray your car off with. But everything has to either be stainless steel or plastic in order for us to deliver the low-pressure RO to the wand so you can spray it on your car when you're done. So just use tap water. It's not going to hurt it any.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, the batteries
2: last around two or three years, and not, that's not, not 10 or 20. Yep. Okay. You're quick. right. Quick, quick other question.
3: Um, sure. Same thing, uh, radiator. You know, i you got two choices on the radiator. There's three or four or five, six or different colors, and they all mean something. So blue Ford? Is blue Ford? Yellow's Ford. Yellow's Ford. Mm-hmm. Red is Chrysler? Or Dex? Or? Well, I think... No, most of the stuff we use now is yellow. Well, it, Toyota is Toyota is uh, red. Red. So the, the, the color tells you what it is, but the ones we use is amber now, which is kind of a yellow. Yeah, yeah. And we're using a universal coolant. Instead of having to have six to eight different brands, we're going to use a universal that covers everything. Now, you can buy a universal, uh, and you can buy it half water and half coolant at the auto parts store. And when you're going to top off the radiator or the overflow, it's my advice to use that. Now, if you have a coolant that's supposed to be flushed at 30,000 miles and you have a coolant that goes to 100,000 miles, you have to flush it at 30. So you have to do the interval of the lowest interval. And the green is the worst. Yes. All the rest of them are pretty much 80 to 100,000 miles. So if you have orange or blue, what are some other ones? Uh, Red. Red. Pink. Uh, pink. When, uh, you, when you have those weird ones, those are 80 to 100. But when you got the green, the green one is the 30 to 35. So just just get some, uh, you know, general purpose coolant that's 50-50 water. Of course, they're selling you two quarts of water and two quarts of coolant. You could buy a full gallon yeah. of coolant, and you could split it yourself, and it's a better value if you do that. All righty?
0: You are awesome.
3: Thank you, Vic. Thank you. I get lucky every once in a while. (laughs) My email is mark at marksalem.com. Mark with a K at marksalem.com. You can send me an email, and I personally answer all the emails. Give me as much information as your car and give me the symptoms. Um, It won't do you any good to tell me about all the guys in the neighborhood, what they think it is. I'm more interested in the symptoms. So I can help you out, and I'm willing to help you out. If you include your phone number, I'll oftentimes call you from my blocked cell phone and we can have a conversation. So if you send me an email and give me your phone number and then you see a blocked call, you might want to answer it. If it's a telemarketer, just hang up, because the first thing I say is, is, this my name is Mark Salem, I'm responding to your email so that you don't hang up on me. Thanks, Alan, for spending your Saturday. Thanks, Mark, for spending your Saturday with me. And we'll be back next Saturday at 10 o'clock. We're going to be transmitting from Kerrville, Texas. So if you've got nothing else to do, I'll see you on Saturday. My name's Mark Salem, and this is KKNT 960 every Saturday from 10 to 12. We're here talking about cars, your cars.